0: Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049
1: Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy?
2: Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Hart Garrett Eisler here today to talk about Season 5, episode 13, The Bigger They Are, which aired December 14th, 1974, and is available to watch on Paramount+. Plus. Before we talk about the episode, something happened randomly last week that I read about, which just tied to something, Garrett, you mentioned in the prior episode. We were talking about the episode Oscar and Love. The writer was Carl Gottlieb, who you pointed out, co-wrote Jaws. Mm-hmm. And wrote a book about the behind-the-scenes making of Jaws called The Jaws Log, which was mm-hmm. first – you said it was out of print. It was first published in 1975. Uh, there was a re-release version in 2010, which I think yes. is yes. in print. Well, even,
3: even that is technically I th- not.
2: I thought even you even could buy it on Amazon. You,
3: th- well, you could can, can, as, as a used book.
2: It's only a used book, you're saying?
3: I'm not – you know uh, – I, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going uh... to. That could be. I don't know.
2: Okay. Anyway, I believe it is available to buy. But the point is that <laughs> yeah, I was so reading last. Week, I didn't
3: mean that it's not available.
2: I was reading last week that there is a musical based on this book called Bruce wow. that is opening wow. in Seattle. Wow. You, in May. In May.
3: You know why it's called Bruce?
2: Because well, the shark's name is Bruce. I knew that. the right. the yeah. The mechanical shark they used. Was his name Bruce? I think you learned that on the Universal tour, oh, or I did. Well,
3: well, I guess you know. As I said last week, he, according to the internet, has not uh, passed on. So maybe Carl is involved with it and uh, will will resurface. Um, he's I think in his eighties now.
2: He could promote uh, Bruce on our podcast if we can get him. Yes,
3: come on the podcast, Carl, for your one odd couple credit. I will say, you know, uh, he. Is probably I wonder you could probably say he's the most, if not famous, like the most significant writer or with the most famous credit to write an odd couple episode, except for except you could say Gary Marshall himself, who went on to uh, mainly direct. I'm not sure he, he wrote some of the movies he directed, um, and then otherwise you have uh, Mickey Rose who co-wrote Woody Allen's first two movies um and low Lo Gans himself who went on to write a famous movies with his second partner babalu mandel
2: he wrote Dr. Did Dr. They, write, they wrote splash right yes yes uh, anyway it's just very interesting that i happen to read this like if i had read this any time except it, it last week it would have made on, not yet. right exactly <laughs> uh okay so we're going to talk about this episode now but let's talk about our writer speaking yeah, of writer
3: david David Duckland or Duke uh oh, we've
2: talked about him before
3: he's he's written many episodes including the great i I want to be me uh he's on he was on the writing head writing staff of season 5 and uh uh, I'm sure we've talked about him before, but I just what I just noticed on his credits to remind me of is that he not only wrote for, but went on to executive produce Silver Spoons*.
2: Yes, we, we've mentioned that in the Starring
3: past. Starring a actor who went on to become some kind of political activist, I've heard.
2: Didn't, I keep thinking, he also did Punky Brewster, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Right.
3: Were those shows related in any way? Yeah, well, were they, they were both now?
2: NBC, uh, like Sunday Night's, Oh, I see. They they, in, one
3: was not a spin off of
2: the other. No, no, there was no connection between them. But they them just
3: and. were kids. They were kids' shows.
2: Yes. They were part of when NBC used had different strokes. NBC was right. trying to wow. use comedies with children aimed at families, right. was their
4: right.
2: strong suit in the early 80s. So the first shot of this episode is the outside of a hotel. It looks like the outside of the plaza, but it can't be because it's. Because it's across, there's a street across the street from it, and the plaza sits outside of a plaza. So physically, I don't. The, from where the camera is, you see yeah. a you see that a street. So it looks like not uh, the where the plaza sits, which doesn't sit directly across another street. Yeah,
3: but why couldn't? Uh, you don't see what's on the, there's a sidewalk, but you don't see what's on it.
2: No, it no, It could be. Yeah. My, I, I I was pretty sure it was the plug. I thought it was too, but you can't stand across okay. the street from the well, plug. I, I think
3: I think if you look at the angle again, I think it's possible that it's in the, the island or whatever is across from the main entrance.
2: What is in the island? I mean the camera
3: is on that that oh
2: I thought I saw cars parked on where on the street that the camera was sitting on.
3: I thought the cars were parked in front of the plug. Not part. That no both both dropping sorry,
2: both sides, yeah. and oh, also okay. the entrance to this hotel, the entrance to the plaza is up a set of stairs. Yes, this was not in my. There revenue, were no stairs. There, there was no. It was not the uh, set of okay. stairs that you see for the plaza.
3: We're gonna post a still of this on Facebook and let
2: let the you, people decide. <laughs> you will do that if it. I hope if it is the plaza, it will solve a mystery. And I, I willing, of course. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And
3: I think, they, didn't they use the plaza for the, to, the, the fictional Ritz Towers?
2: Right. And that looked, that was very obvious once I looked at it. So this was difficult to figure out because it didn't look like the plaza I'm used to seeing in many TV shows yep. and movies. Maybe it was an odd angle, but maybe it was very far away and that screwed me up. Anyway, it's outside of a hotel, perhaps the plaza. Then we hear music. We kind of hear like an odd couple, you know, the music of the show is is an awards show kind of style music. And we inside see a podium with a prop department sign, a very kind of fake (laughs) Paramount prop sign. The problem with all these Paramount prop signs is they never look used.
4: (laughs) They just look fake.
2: I always find it's also true with anything filmed on a universal lot in the 70s like mcleod or <laughs> mcleod is biggest problem they- any mcleod episode if you watch the props just yeah. look like they were <laughs> made recently so the pop the sign says 10th annual dink awards and at the podium is uh, our friend peter hobbs making yeah. his third or fourth appearance on the show we last saw him in the odd candidate as councilman simpson right you
3: know it's funny he always plays kind of an odd couple but i i think in other roles i've seen him and he's kind of an always an authority figure of some kind so he was the councilman he was the head of the wrestling association for the chinese wrestling a- episode and uh and i always remember him from sleep he has a great scene in the end of uh, sleeper the woody allen movie where he's like a head doctor so and he i think he's great presence
2: <laughs> I think and he I was plays, the head
3: of the advertising agency, or something.
2: And his final appearance, I think, he's Rodney Allen Rippey's lawyer.
3: All oh, right. Oh my God, we, we, <laughs> I forgot about that
2: one. Um, in the wings, we also see Felix in a tuxedo. He's looks like he's waiting to come on stage. And Hobbs's character, who we never get the name of, I don't think, says, "Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the Association for the Advancement of Commercials and Advertising, I would like to welcome you to the tenth annual Dink Award Dinner." Then we see a few people sitting at tables in front of the podium, like trying to make it look like a show, but clearly there's yeah. probably only three people there. Uh, and we do see a, they did a little kind of good extra, and I mean that literally and connotatively, extra bit by putting a waiter in a red jacket walking by the <laughs> podium to make it feel uh, like there's an active event yeah. here. Felix is pacing in the wings. Hobbs continues to say, or Hobbs' character, the MC, I'll just call him the MC, says, as you know, each year we honor the best commercial with this trophy, the Dink. And he pulls out a very little trophy,
4: (laughs) which the studio
2: audience laughs at. He said, named in honor of our father of modern advertising, Sidney B. Dink. Now, the in-show audience applauds, not the studio audience, but the audience that's supposed to be at this event. And, and the MC continues to say, who in 1855 revolutionized our infant industry with his slogan, you want to buy this? <laughs> I always thought it was funny. Clearly, this whole episode is, is kind of yeah. a shot at advertising.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, I wonder if David Duclon came ah, from advertising before.
3: Interesting theory. Yeah.
2: Uh, now we see Murray slide into view next to Felix. And he says, hi, Felix. And Felix is surprised to see him. And he pauses a few seconds, which is actually pretty funny. The way Felix is surprised right. at seeing Murray and says, Murray, what are you doing here? And Murray says, I just finished a report for a car accident down the street. Felix says, nobody hurt, I hope. And Murray says, no, I'm fine. The patrol car will be fixed by tomorrow. <laughs> hey, did you get your award yet? And Felix says, no, they just started. Murray asks, where's Oscar? And Felix says, he's not here. He says that indignantly, which seems like he's mad at Oscar, but we'll find out it's, he's really mad at himself. Marie says, ah, late again, huh? Good old Oscar. Felix says, no, he's not coming. Marie says, lost his ticket, huh? Felix says, "He to- now wouldn't you just say, why is he not coming and not make up an answer?
3: <laughs> Unless it's a, his attempt at a joke.
2: You know? I guess like, so. It's, it's just a j- not- joke
3: about Oscar being sloppy. And, I don't know.
2: Felix says, he tore up his ticket and threw it in my face. He said, I was a low, despicable, vile man, completely devoid of morals, ethics, and scruples. And Murray says, don't feel bad, Felix. You know how Oscar is. He gets mad and he says dirty things. And Felix says, the only difference is this time he's right. Dun, dun. Uh, and the music, if you notice the music, I've always noticed this. In this episode, that, that music you just did starts yeah. before he says right. It oh. starts like as he's finishing the sentence.
3: That's right. Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> they kind of cuts in early. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, then we go to Credits. After the credits, Felix says to Murray, I did a terrible thing, Murray. Murray says, do you want to talk about it? You can tell me I'm your friend. So now we're going to play the first clip of the show, which is another... Is f- flashback. It's yes. right. a flashback. Now,
3: it's an unusual flashback in that... Well, let's see. We kind of... Okay. Uh, it's an unusual flashback in that it is... Um, the whole episode is basically the flashback, the, the body of the episode, the main story is the is in the flashback um but it's not one of the ones that go back you know 10 years or more uh so this is I think the, now i we did note that with the dog story we had a very odd to use a word uh odd flashback that was in the middle of the episode where felix tells the story of how he got the dog right remember that Yes, where I it was just like he was. This was that was a flashback to just like the a few hours before, like that morning. But this is also this is only six months in the past. But I think we learned that that's when they. I think Felix says it's six months ago. Um, and it's interesting framing for the, uh, I, what they do here, even more cleverly than in the old flashback episodes is kind of like give you this hook where you really it's a mystery you have to find out what happened to lead us to this point which has become kind of a standard tv writing device you know to start an episode that way how you may be wondering how we got here
2: yeah then they'll say Uh, 24 hour or six weeks early Yeah,
3: right right and i think this of all the flashbacks this is the one that really feels like that uh
2: okay so we're gonna play the clip the clip is, starts right before the flashback after um murray um asks or tells felix invites felix to talk about whatever is bothering him with him
1: i broke the law face the wall, longer oh, i'm sorry felix i'm like a coil spring
0: go ahead tell your story citizen
1: this whole mess began about six months ago. I I took a photographic assignment at the Fataway Diet Pill Company.
5: I know you and Felix have
1: been awfully good to me,
5: but I really went out of the
0: contract. All right, Ben, let's look over your hill and... Let's let's look over your hill and see where you stand. You went out of the contract you just signed, right? Yes, I do. As they say in Paris, France, uh-uh. Does Felix know about this? No. And I
1: don't want to know about it either. Hello, Mr. Uber. Hi, Felix. Here's your one o'clock appointment. Well, how's my favorite cousin?
0: Oh, not too good, Felix. Oh, what's the
1: matter? You're all upset, aren't you? Relax, relax, everything's gonna be all right. Here, have a taffy. <laughs> before picture came out absolutely great. Is it all right if I cover this concept? Sure. Look at this. Look at that. Every chin in perfect focus. I can't wait till you take off the weight and we take the after picture.
0: Felix, I give you four bells for that shot. Four bells. Wow. It's a crying shame we can't use the picture. Why not? Ask your chubby cousin here. He doesn't want to lose the weight with my bill.
1: Ben, why?
0: Oh, he's got a chance to get into professional wrestling. Gonna call himself super fat.
1: (laughs) Super fat? What is this, a joke? No.
0: I gave your little cousin dimples here. $3,000 advance. He spent $2,500 of it on sequin leotards.
1: Ben, oh, shame
0: on you. Well, I could be a contender, Felix. Oh, you're going to prison for this, Lardo. (laughs) Even if they have to knock out a wall or fit you into a cell. Prison. This is
1: business. It's no, no let, let's let's not be hasty, Ben. Let me talk to Mr. Hooper alone. It's not too far from ad man to mad man, you know. Uh-huh. You're the best cousin, cousin ever. Here, have another tap. He's been a problem in the family ever since he was this big.
0: You don't have to tell me about fat. I'm a former fatty. <laughs> I worked hard to lose this waistline.
1: Then you should have some compassion.
0: Felix, the ad is due in the printers tonight. I've got a board of directors waiting to sit on my bell. Either you find another tubo fast, or your cousin becomes the fat man of Alcatraz. <laughs> I've got I've got, got one what? i got a fat guy for you. Well, where is he? Right here. Fat guy in your wallet. Yes, yes. Two bells for the fat guy in your wallet. <laughs> look.
1: <laughs> now that's championship chubs. <laughs> that, that's the way I used to look. Yeah. Who is it? That's my roommate, Oscar.
0: You mean you live in the same barn with this thing?
1: No, no, know. That, that was taken eight years ago. He's lost a lot of weight.
0: Well, he's one of us now?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, why do you still carry this picture with you?
1: For laughs. I show it at parties. (laughs) You're really a good friend. Oh, yeah. He loves it when I tease him. Well, if he's thin now, how can we use him? Simple. We use this picture as before. Then we take a picture of him as he is now for today. That'll be the after, see? It's simple. That's totally dishonest, isn't it? We can't do that. I like it. (laughs) But uh, is it ethical?
0: Sure, it's ethical. A lot of people do it. and we'll do it. Sure. We'll get your roommate on the phone, have him sign a release.
1: Oh, I can't. He's out of town. Um, I feel like a rat in a maze,
0: (laughs) butting my head against walls. First you bring your fat cousin in here, he quits on me, we decide on your roommate, and he's out of town. You're going to drive me to food.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Soon as he gets back, I'll talk him into it. I can talk him into anything.
0: He can have the 500 your cousin left
1: over. For $500, he posed naked. This is a family pill.
0: Let me see. What took place here? Let me run it through my computer.
4: <coughs>
0: Gonna use the cousin. He's too fat. He's not fat. Gonna go. <coughs> Gonna use the roommate. He's okay. If he's out of town. We'll use him anyway. <coughs> Gonna have the 500 extra. I did good. Five bells for me.
2: So that's John Biner in his second appearance on the show after um the garage attendant in the car episode he does get applause here which i yes. th- think he did I, not in yeah the first i episode.
3: checked I, I checked he did not
2: so and either that was, yeah
3: that was season four was
2: it was, was a few year years this? it was a few years so either his stature grew in just general right. pop culture yeah. or the audience recognized him from his first appearance um, cousin ben he is played very
3: busy as i understand he was on a lot of shows in general
2: yeah i looked up his imdb and he was there wasn't anything that's just like he hadn't done bizarre yet um so there wasn't anything that made him particularly famous yet but i just frequent appearances a uh, cousin blent Blan- band is played by cliff cliff emick this is also his second episode he was the fat guy in group therapy and i gotta be me also written by david dukline
3: right oh maybe their buddies uh you know at least in this one, he has line. He did not have lines, right? In that one,
2: oh yeah, he just ate. Yeah, can't. Yeah. Um.
3: So and yet another, we had this other actor, right, who who never has any lines, who we saw on the subway episode, who also was in the Mexican restaurant in season one.
2: Oh right, they, another fat they have guy.
3: Stable of fat guys. Yeah, so they just brought you on to be fat. yeah.
2: $3,000 was, is $17,000 today. That's a, that's a lot of money. Although maybe to be an ad and a, a, to be a, the, the model in a national ad campaign, it's not, but I was surprised. Yeah. At, and also, I don't know, really this diet pill company can't find a professional model, or I guess you don't, the <laughs> point isn't to use a professional. The point is to use a citizen. Right. 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 right well, so well, my question is why does
3: this company not working with a professional advertising company? Like, I, listening to this makes me realize it is kind of. I mean, it's necessary for the show, and it's great for the show. But isn't it unusual for Felix should be like the freelancer here, who should be dealing with the ad company, not directly with the.
2: Yes, company. and did they and let's
3: hire let's only with a mom and pop company? would you do that?
2: They hired Felix and then found his cousin. So they hired Felix to be photographer to, but not having the guy who's doing the ad yet, or it's a coincidence, Felix which it can't. better than the cousin. Right, so, and then I'll mention this <laughs> later, they use his house to film the ad-in.
3: I guess so, John Biner has has a very low overhead on this coming Although action. he's got, got a very nice stuff. office. <laughs> very nice office.
2: So... Uh, it's it's all in the of course odd couple continuity logic. I think
3: this is the same. They have this like standard corporate office, right? It's part of the same yeah. office that Brother Floyd has.
2: Yes, or Felix Floyd had. had.
3: So Felix had yes. working for Floyd, right? And that uh, probably is the glue factory office reshuffled conference
2: room. Yeah, right. Um, also, I hate the way I don't know if you notice this. I hate the way Ben says Felix. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying.
3: <laughs> He talks kind of funny. Maybe that's why they didn't have him stay so long before.
2: Um,
3: this so, wrestling thing is, <laughs> I guess you know, uh, this was uh, this kind of uh, pro wrestling, fake pro wrestling was was a big at the time.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, pro wrestling goes back to like fifties or earlier. Yes, um, but I mean, the
3: kind of fixed pro wrestling, the kind of like joke. No, thing. I think
2: so. I think that goes back decades. Okay. Yeah. Well. So it's always been big, obviously became much bigger. bit of a app.
3: bit of a stretch though. Uh, no pun intended. That,
2: that this guy could be a wrestler. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Um also, this whole notion that Oscar was really fat eight years ago, oh, i okay. I get right. I, I mean, I don't think we have the evidence to prove hundred percent it's not true, but it's never been referenced. I don't see Jack Klugman ballooning up three hundred pounds and ballooning right. down to normal size. Right. I understand it was tied to his divorce, so there's a logic to it of why he got fat, but he also was very unhappy in his divorce, and I feel like the show was trying to tell us he was very happy when he got divorced, despite the alimony.
3: Right, right. So, um, you know, well, he does now. Felix did put a date on it. He said eight, eight years, years ago. ago. Right, yes. So it's 1974. That means it was 1966. And eight. according to my theory,
2: no, 60s. according
3: 60s, 60s. to my theory, yes. <laughs> that, that Felix uh, moves in in 1968. Oh, okay. You're going to give Oscar time to gain the weight and lose it in two years.
2: You're going to get our Facebook group all upset <laughs> again. I do not accept. I just, let's okay. get this out I, for yeah, the, for the people on Facebook. It, yeah. yeah. I do not accept. I've never, when I brought up the five year. Mention in the last episode about that. When Felix tells Anita that he's lived with Oscar for five years, it was 1970 for the fifth season. Uh, that was meant to be that the beginning of the show was when they moved in together. I, I felt like there was an episode of the show that contradicted that. I do not accept that the timeline of the TV show starts with the movie. Yes.
3: Okay.
2: You think I, that, I do not.
3: I am not speaking on behalf of the podcast, correct?
2: Well, you're speaking on your half of the podcast.
3: <laughs> on my half of them, yes. on
2: the podcast. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, so... The eight years, the the only thing that the eight years, the only reason they can get away with the eight years here from, if we're going to be very strictly logical and everything's reality point of view is they don't, they don't pin it to something else. Like, as far as we know, they did move in together five years ago. That's the premise. I mean, they've never, that's the premise they established last week. I thought there's a contradiction to that somewhere else. That's a little bit loose. Like a loose contradiction.
4: Right. So
2: three years before that, I don't the, the only thing I don't remember is do we know when I'm sure there's an episode that more pinpoints when he got divorced from Blanche. And I don't remember what that is. Well, New Year's Eve. Oh, right. But we don't know that's true. That's New, New Year's Eve. Divorced, but they didn't get yes. divorced the next but we don't know what year that we was. We don't know right? what year.
3: Right, right, right.
2: Right. Although it was this apartment and it looked well, well, according
3: to this, then it's plausible it was the New Year's Eve 1965.
2: Right. 1965 oh yes because he got divorced 66 um yeah so all that kind of does work like it's hard to tear that apart unless what's something you and i discuss doing after we go through all the episodes although it seems very difficult is actually put some sort of timeline together and go through the Mm -hmm. entire series and and start to mark down all the years that are mentioned and find all the contradiction but aside from that i'm so the eight years thing bothers me less than the fact that Oscar got really fat for yes. a period of time. That,
3: like like that fat,
2: Right. That I don't believe. I think it was obviously it was made up for this episode and was never part of any consideration at any other time. All right, we're back in the living room. Felix is adjusting some large photographs that we can't see. He picks one up, puts it on a chair, leaning against the back. The picture's back is facing us. The image is facing the couch in the hallway. Felix looks at the picture and says, oh, Oscar, 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 301 pounds of fun, all of it potato chips. He goes to the kitchen counter. He brings over a tray with some sort of food on it. We can't see what it is, but we do see a bottle of ketchup. Oscar comes in in a bad mood. He goes to his desk. He looks at his mail, which prevents him from noticing the photograph. He says hi, Felix. Felix says, "There he is, Mister Travel Guy. Welcome home. How is San Francisco?" <laughs> Doing his usual, like, fake friendly his when, schmoozing. You know, he, yes,
3: his schmoozing when he wants something, Oscar.
2: Oscar says, "I think I got trolley lash," which gets a laugh from the audience. Uh, by the way, at this point in time, "The Streets of San Francisco" was a pretty big show on TV. Uh, not that not that people don't know San Francisco before that, but. It was right. more in the pop culture, I think, than, than even normally because of that, because that show was popular. Uh, Felix says, where's your luggage? Oscar says, I didn't take any except socks. That's all. And he takes out a pair of socks from the inside of his coat pocket. He throws it on the desk, which is uh, for good comedic effect. Felix says, you didn't take any lug- luggage in San Francisco? Oscar says, I was only there two days. Felix says, did you at least take a toothbrush? Oscar says, of course. Of course I took a toothbrush. And he takes a toothbrush out of one of the socks. And he mm-hmm. shows it to Felix. Now, Tony Randall a great f- a range of facial expressions here. He starts to get disgusted. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of pulls himself together and shakes his head himself out of saying something nasty to Felix because he wants to get on Oscar's good side. I mean, he says something to Oscar. And he wants to get on his good side. So uh, he says instead of saying something about Oscar's disgusting habits he says you're some guy you know that you're easy going <laughs> willow the wisp
3: <laughs> not a word not a term i think has ever been used to describe oscar
2: oscar says "Yeah, some willow the wisp look at this a, a warning from branch blanche's lawyer 280 alimony or i go to jail all right now we're going to play uh, the next clip after he says that
1: I got your favorite snack? No. Cookies and ketchup. Sit down, relax, dip away. I'll get you a beer. <laughs> oh. Felix. What? <laughs> what? What is this? What's one? Oh, that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's uh, that's a blow up of an ad I'm working on. Felix.
5: Under those glasses and mustache, there is me. <laughs> that's you all
1: over. Felix, what is
5: this old photo of me doing in this ad?
1: Is this all over New York? Oh, no, 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 no. Next week.
5: Felix, no next week. I don't want the whole world to know that once I look like Moby Dick.
4: <laughs>
1: Moby Dick, that's right. You, you're something. I want an explanation, Felix. Isn't that just like you? You're so predictable. You come in, you see that picture, and you want an explanation. (laughs) I tell you, Oscar, the things that happen to me, I should write a book. Isn't it interesting how the most complex things in life turn out to be simple? You know my cousin Ben? Ben? Yeah, Ben. You know Ben the Ben? Well, don't mince words. Uh, The beach ball. (laughs) Anyway, if we don't use that ad, Ben goes to jail.
5: sounds reasonable I mean, why do not you ask me before you did a thing why like this I try why don't you tell me where you're staying out of town guess
1: <laughs> oscar three
5: words trust me please felix 19 words i'm never gonna do it if you dance the bolero on my nose no <laughs> That was
1: 11 words, but I'm not counting that you're mad.
5: It means a lot to me. It's very important. It just means a lot to me that nobody sees this photo. This happened when I got my divorce. I was upset. I ate a lot. I mean, I got fat. It was embarrassing. I mean, I didn't wear glasses and a mustache for nothing. Please. No. Now, either you kill that out or I kill you. You understand? What? Right.
4: Mm-hmm. Ah, God.
5: Tell Mr. Hooper you don't want the money, though. Again, money. You didn't mention money before. It's about as American War you mentioned, but you didn't mention money. Cross you your do? name off the Don't cross my name off. That's like reading my mail. That says Oscar Madison. Must be something in here. There's money in here. It's $500? Yeah. Just for being the old colossal here? Yeah. What's
1: the catch? No catch.
5: You mean that's all there is to it? Yeah.
1: Well, besides that, I have to take a picture of you now, and that's after. See, before and after. Why doesn't it sound honest to me? Isn't that funny? It didn't sound honest to me either at first, but it's absolutely ethical. Lots of people do it. And it is a good product. That's important. It is. All right. Listen, i am go along with
5: it, but I don't want to do anything dishonest. I don't blame you. Okay. Listen, can you keep this off the book so I won't have to declare it?
2: Um, so f- we do see Oscar poor ketchup on chocolate chip cookies which is really <laughs> gross and this is another <laughs> yeah. one of his favorites that we've never heard of before right. i um jack clugman does not eat that which i'm guessing is because that's even too much for him i know in the show he doesn't even get a chance to um but that's gross and and felix twice in this episode says it's a good product how does he know that this seems like a sham product
3: <laughs> and john Viner is not presented as a very principal businessman
2: Yeah,
3: he's um, not. i don't know whether he that's how he convinces himself it's okay but you know. um but you know it isn't it, it it's kind of weird how he is able to get oscar to go along with with providing very little detail like he don't they don't he doesn't explain why ben would go
2: right detail. and oscar <laughs> says that makes sense or whatever he says yeah it doesn't and it doesn't uh, exactly
3: yeah and um uh what else he doesn't even i don't think even goes into like that this is like the whole idea of the ad i guess it's on the poster maybe it's on the uh the mock-up of the ad he did that it's a diet pill
2: right Um, these i mean this is going to make and there's there's these and then there's a tv commercial so oscar madison who we know is already well known in the city is going to become really famous because even though it says o.m and he doesn't right. look like he does now, I think enough people eventually would figure out that it, who he is. Well,
3: you know, I am uh, listening to this again, cleared up something. A big question I had that I missed this line the first time, which is that he says, no wonder you. Uh, that's why I wore a glass, glasses and a mustache. Oh, was to not be recognized. I, right. Because part of my uh, dubiousness about Oscar ever looking like this is like, why, in addition to gaining 150 pounds, did he, grow a mustache which is a very specific facial hair choice not like you're just like going you know if you're gonna just uh, let it all go you just grow the beard and never just stop shaving but he very consciously grew a mustache and then wears glasses that he never wears
2: yeah
3: oscar madison never wears not even reading glasses uh so that was another thing but i guess he's saying he went that's how he went out in public so that no one recognized him which is all right i guess
2: All right, so the next scene, Felix walks into Hooper's office. That's John Biner's character, Lyle Hooper, and says, hey, got your message. I came right over. Hooper says, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Felix says, yeah, yeah. Hooper says, first, the bad news. Advertising committee is sending a man named Doyle over to make sure our ad isn't fraudulent. Felix says, but you said a lot of people do it. And then that leads to this next clip.
0: Well, of course, that's why they're trying to stop it. Oh
1: boy. Oh boy, I knew we'd get in trouble. Huh? I knew it. I knew. Just try to help somebody. I've been such a good boy all my life.
0: Felix, the invest the investigator isn't concerned about the magazine ad. He isn't? No. What am I carrying on for? He's concerned about the TV commercial. What 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 TV commercial? the one that you are going to direct me? Oh boy, I'm going to direct a TV commercial. Yes, that's the good news, give yourself a bell. Oh, wow. Yes. Our magazine ad was such a smash we bought time in every TV station in New York. A TV
1: commercial? Yeah? We'll use a different model
0: then, huh? Oh no, we'll still use your former blimp roomie. We've already got billboards up saying OM's coming to TV.
1: Well, how can we do that? He's not he's not fat anymore. He's one of us. I won't do it. Felix
0: How's it gonna look? The investigator's on his way over. We cancel the commercial. Not too kosherini, over.
1: Mm. Why, this is my Watergate. Wow. We're in big trouble. Uh, relax,
0: Felix. I've got it all figured out. I've got a great idea. I love it. How many bells? No! Don't touch my bell. Not unless I give you permission. <laughs> give
1: this to Oscar. Oh, no. He'd never do this in a hundred years. There's another five hundred in it for him. That's his price.
2: So Ben got three thousand dollars to do nothing, and now they want to use Oscar for a campaign, and he's getting a total of thousand dollars.
3: You're right. It's uh, that Ben didn't really have to do anything. No, I guess. I guess in, antici- in anticipation of him making the effort to lose the weight I guess.
2: Uh, yeah it seems like if they're going to use oscar to tv campaign and put him in a fat suit first of all i was oscar i'd ask for a lot more than 500 dollars, yeah. and so the pricing does seem not fair um felix uses a lot of a nasal inhaler in this scene as he's honking <laughs> i feel like this is the longest honking scene we've had in a while right
3: yeah right? and it's funny that this gets applause his honking is suddenly getting applause maybe because it's been a while or i think he's also milking it once it starts getting applause he does i think tony randall is like pushing it a little longer because it's going so well
2: uh at the end that's yep.
3: nice watergate reference you know this yes. is uh we're in the late fall of 1974 so it's only a few months after nixon resigned i think it's the only direct watergate reference in this whole series
2: you know what show so has a lot has a lot of watergate references
3: what would that be ted all in the family oh wow that sounds like a great show
2: at the end uh hooper shows felix a very large box that we will later find out in our next scene has a fat suit in it so that they can show oscar as a fat guy in the commercial um i love i
3: just want to say before we go i love the bell business yeah the, the the running gag bell which john i i figure you know, john biner was also a, a famous for being a stand-up basically and i get the feeling he's adding you know like that bit, bit he did at the end of the first person with the computer
2: yeah that, i wonder one. how that's
3: much a randomly inserted stand-up bit of his.
2: i wonder how much of his dialogue in general is right. is ad-libbed or he wrote ahead of time with this with the with david duquan maybe um and also we so now we found out there's billboards. There's a magazine ad and a TV ad, which yes, I mean Oscar there should people should know like there should be a lot of Oscar's life should be different now because of this. There should be people <laughs> coming, coming point, you know, he should be more embarrassed or more demanding of money or something. Cause this is not Just like
3: Felix should be famous for that guy that went on the David Steinberg show and the Monty All well, show.
2: Yes, and coming up in Two for the Isle.
3: Oh, well we're not
2: there yet or two on the aisle yeah yes all right so the next scene oscar's in his room he's looking at a mirror he's holding up ties to his shirt to see if they match he's tossing them on the floor one of the things he picks up is a pair of pantyhose <laughs> yeah which he looks at as if it's a tie like holds it up and says the wrong color which now, gives it a big laugh so are we to assume that some lady left those there—that's what I assumed. Yes, and
3: this—and this is this made me think for the first time ever watching the show. It made me think: Does Oscar ever really bring a girl back to that room?
2: <laughs> That's a good point. I, yeah. I mean, I
3: don't—I don't see him uh, um, getting, you know, past first base, uh, as it were, in the, in that bedroom.
2: Anyway. I, right. Then he says, "Who needs a tie?" He starts to hum to himself do 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 and he puts on a very 70s checkered jacket that doesn't yeah. fit well we see the camera switches to a view from behind oscar looking at him in the mirror and he starts to do a bogart impression and says played again sam
3: which i guess is his way of feeling cool
2: right in that jacket which is the antithesis <laughs> of what made Humphrey yeah. bogart cool <clears throat> felix walks in with the box the fat suit is closed, though. Oscar shows off his jacket, saying, "Like it? Hard to believe, isn't it? You can get a fit like this right off the rack, only $29.29, which is, by the way, one hundred and sixty nine dollars today."
3: Yeah, I was the make when I heard. I said, "Yeah, that uh, that looks like a jacket I could buy at a thrift shop for twenty nine dollars today."
2: Right. Yeah, I didn't. That doesn't seem like such a bargain. <laughs> Felix does not seem immediately impressed, and Oscar says, "Too loud for you? You don't like it?" He starts to. Felix starts to adjust the coat pull on the sleeves trying to see like if it actually can fit and he says it's clean that's the important thing oscar says oh i'm glad you like it i got a blind date with a swinging stewardess tonight she'll be here in about an hour felix says here oscar says yeah felix says who fixed you up oscar says the travel agent they'll do anything to get you to fly you know and <laughs> then felix a says
3: weird joke
2: and then felix says oh you dirty guy yeah, right. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. What make? I mean, okay. You forget. You're not a dirty guy just for going out. Right. It. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar is. Yeah. I think it's like a, what a
3: dirty travel agent for bribing customers with uh, sex. Uh, um, I wonder well whether that's a. Reference to, you know, don't do anything to get people to fly these days. I think he said something like
2: that. Yeah. Well, you and know, there's the whole fly me
3: crashes. I mean, there, there was a lot of concern about safety.
2: And yeah. Hijacking.
3: Fear of flying.
2: Right. Hijacking. But we also discovered the whole fly. We talked about this maybe in that episode the fly oh, me, yeah. you know, the the, Stewart, the the National Airlines, I think it was, fly me campaign. Um, Oscar says, yeah, I want to tell you. How I want to tell you how I thank you for that money. It came at the right time. I paid all my bills. I got this beautiful jacket and I had mm-hmm. enough left to get you a little something to show you my appreciation. If Felix acts, acts all humble, Oscar says, oh, come on now, you got to accept it. So he opens up a tie box and we see that it is a blue tie with large orange circles on it. Felix clearly doesn't like it. He says, oh, isn't that different? It's too nice to wear and he puts it away. But is it really that bad for (laughs) compared to everything else Felix wears on the show? I had the
3: same thought that it's. um, I could see how it's like a little more Felix wears stuff that's loud and, um, uh, uh, what's the word flamboyant, but and this is going to look more on the tacky side, uh, so I could see why it's beneath him. But it's they could have chosen a better prop that
2: is more obviously. Tacky. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it, it wasn't quite tacky enough. Felix says, "Well, Santa isn't dead," and he hands an envelope. Oscar says, "My name again on an envelope? Money? I can't believe it. Five hundred dollars." Felix says, "Mr. Hooper at Fataway said he thought you deserved it." Oscar says, "Again, I don't have to do anything." Felix opens the box, shows him what's inside, which we know is a fat suit, which he will put on for the next scene. When he figures out what it's, it's a fat suit oscar hands back the 500 and says give me back my tie so despite oscar saying that the next scene somehow felix convinced him to get in the suit which we don't see happen but we'll play the next scene now don't be shy oh,
1: this is ridiculous it's not ridiculous you're being ridiculous now come on, come on.
5: No, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. No, it's wonderful. not, It reminds me of when I was really fat. Now, I'm going to go change. No. Like, you took the money, didn't you? I'll <laughs> oh, stop laughing, man. The man will be here, the investigator. It's only for 30 minutes. 30 minutes is too long to look like Mount McKinley. Uh,
1: there he is. Go. Not going. Put it on. Uh, no. Big yeah. no. mm-hmm. smile. Think fat. <laughs> I do you want me to do? Think thin? Hello, Mr. Hooper. Hi, Felix, let's get this over with. <laughs> oh, this is Mr. Doyle, huh? Absolutely not. I am Mr. Doyle. Why don't you, uh, step up and meet our model, Mr. O.M.? Yeah, Mr. Doyle, uh, why don't you, uh, go
0: take a hike around him? Okay. Is he in any condition to make a judgment? The best possible condition, I took him to every bar in town. (laughs) Four bells for El Drunko. (laughs) Nothing phony about this guy, huh, Mr. Doyle? Ah, he's got his own zip code. (laughs) 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 I'd like to see Evil Knievel jump over him.
5: (laughs) 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 Would you mind taking off your coat?
0: Ah, Mr. Doyle, how about a little trip to the well, huh? Right down the hall, Mr. Doyle. Oh, no, (laughs) not that kind
3: of well. This,
0: this well. Here you uh, are, Mr. Doyle. How about in a glass this time? It'll be unique. Okay. This
5: way, come on. Oh, that must be my date. Huh? Oh. Hello. Hello, I'm Anne. Come in, Anne.
1: Nice oh. to meet you.
5: You're cute. Thank you. Boy, am I relieved. You don't know, I was so scared to take this blind date. I'd meet so many cooks and weirdos. Uh... You know, you look real straight, Mr. Madison.
1: I'm straight as an arrow. And I'm not Mr. Madison. You're not? No. This is Mr. Madison. Oh. Hello.
5: Hi. My friend said you were quite a guy. And I'm cute, too. See, I'm not really this far. Oh. Well, that doesn't really matter as long as you're not a cuckoo bird. No, no, no. I'm not a cuckoo bird and I and, and see, I'm thin. I'm wearing a fat suit. A fat suit?
4: Yeah. Wait, I'll show you. I'll show you
5: my real chip. Put it back. No, I can't. I gotta show her. She thinks oh, I'm funny, fat. No, I'm not fat. I, I want to show it. want to show it that I'm me, fat. Excuse me. I've got an out. Unscheduled... He's really a fat man. No, I'm not. What do you want?
4: Wanna see my real stomach? Goodbye, weirdos!
1: <laughs> Why do you always act crazy in front of girls? <laughs>
0: Okay, Mr. Doyle, you've seen him walk, you've heard him talk. We'll be on our way now. Why, you don't even have to be here tomorrow when we shoot the commercial. Oh, that's too bad. You got the well? Yeah, I've got it right here. (laughs)
1: is a real weirdo
5: <laughs> he's a real weirdo yeah. i'm walking around here dressed up like dumbo with a bow tie and he's a weirdo i've never been so humiliated in my life i've never seen that girl again take it easy big guy don't call me that anymore <laughs> now what is this thing about a commercial that doyle was talking about
1: uh, this uh, nothing to get excited yeah, when you
5: talk like that i really get excited now what is it nothing about? nothing
1: it's what? a little 60 second thing we're doing you wear no no we're not suit. doing no yes, i'm yeah, not doing yes, no, it.
5: no 500 i don't care i wouldn't do it no for five no i won't do it for nothing so for, listen to me please
1: what? Am I a dignified man? What's that got to do with anything? Perhaps even bordering on the stuffy. Way over the border. I'm the kind of man who takes pride in his dignity, right? So? I'm groveling. Look at me. I'm on, on my knees. you ever seen me like this? Good please, good so please. Something please something my my cousin Ben will go to jail. I'll go to jail. You'll go to jail as an accomplice. Think of tunneling out with Ben. All right. What are you learning about? If you could see what I see, you look like the Goodyear blimp with a hat on it.
2: So the beginning of the scene, Oscar comes out in the fat suit. Felix then puts a fake mustache on him and the glasses. <laughs> um, Eddie Garrett steps up once again yes. to play Eddie the.
3: In, uh, this I, I take back. This this I can't tell whether the Paul Williams episode or this is his best.
2: Role. I think this this. I
3: mean. The Paul Williams episode really is just about the one line he has. Right. This he has like a whole scene where he doesn't talk much, but he's basically, he's doing a, a drunk act and he, he's very funny at
2: it. He's playing Doyle, the ad inspector. The well that Hooper refers to as a bottle of booze. The stewardess is played by Maggie Mancuso. She started as a singer, then she acted in movies and TV shows such as Bill Dana, Gomer Pyle, Love American Style, Mayberry RFD, She's best, knows for, best known for playing Charlene Darling on the Andy Griffiths show. I was not a, I'm not a fan of that show, but apparently there was a group of uh, hillbilly singers who appeared occasionally uh, and actually sung on the show. And she played, the, I guess, the sister, Charlene. Apparently, she auditioned for the role of Andy Griffiths' girlfriend in season one, who was named Ellie, and that, however, went to Eleanor Donahue. Whoa. So Miriam. there's, yeah, yes, I don't, so, do we have to say that?
3: <laughs> well, it's been a while since we've seen that. But um, um, it, it, wait a minute, when was Annie Griffith's
2: show? Uh, early 60s.
3: So wouldn't she, that sounds like she'd be pretty young.
2: Uh, Who, El, Eleanor Donahue?
3: Eleanor Donahue. Yeah, right?
2: they were both, yeah, they're both young. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if there's a picture, if you look, you see a picture of, yeah. of um, I mean, Annie Griffith's, I think we think of him as old, maybe because of Matlock at the time. Right. I'm sure there's an age difference between them at the time, yes. but the picture but I saw. More
3: like 30 and 20.
2: Now. Right. Yes. Something like that. Um, so do you think she overreacted or was this a nutty enough environment? And clearly she's more afraid <laughs> of it.
3: I think, well, what I love about this scene is that, um, you know, at first she's just like, com- she compared to Felix, who she does find cute. Uh, she does not find Oscar attractive and is a little embarrassed by that. But I think she's like, uh, you know, maybe we're still not going to run out on him. Is still going to go through the date. It's when Oscar starts saying, I'm wearing a fat suit. <laughs> but there is. There's like that, that does. If, if you don't know what's going on. That right. Is, why, why would this man be standing in his own apartment wearing well, a fat suit?
2: maybe give him a chance to explain it
3: <laughs> well uh, felix doesn't Felix, doesn't no, felix
2: does no felix and he doesn't help because, yeah
3: yeah that that's the other that's the other reason the scene works is that the pressure he's caught between a rock and a hard place is that you know you can't blow the uh, the inspection well so there and, isn't... And her watching the two of them fight with each other over the fat suit is also weird <laughs>
2: But Oscar, but there's been billboards and magazines. So I know wow. she's a stewardess. So maybe she's not around New York a lot, but there's also a chance she would recognize this character oh, as from this ad as okay. well. I think Oscar should call back the travel agent, uh-huh. reset up the date so he can explain. Yeah. And it's actually a funny wow. story. <laughs> and then they can get married and talk about how they met. And it's a, he's a celebrity uh, at the end of the scene. Felix, when he's on his knees begging, Oscar uses his stomach to knock him over. That's kind of the capper for the yeah. scene. Yeah.
3: Oh, so that, one more thing about... So one thing about the, the fat suit, the, the outfit, the whole appearance of Oscar in this is that I think what makes it really funny is not just the fat suit, but they have put together an outfit for him that is like something out of like a silent comedian, you know, a silent movie comedian. Would he looks on. like...
2: Oliver Oliver Hardy a little bit. Yeah. It's
3: like he's he's not wearing 1974 clothes. He's wearing a straw boater, <laughs> uh, the thin little mustache, which is like something out of the Our Fathers episode. Uh, a bow tie. Um, it, it is a. It's and a, a tuxedo. Really it's like, he's a t- in a well. It's a bow tie. It's a bow tie. No, but isn't
2: the isn't he wearing like a?
3: It the, looks like a... That's right. It could be a tuxedo. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's like, I can't believe that the that Oscar, when he was fat, also wore the straw boater hat and the bow tie. Um, so they come up with something that's just like so classically comical for him to wear. And it's, that's what's fun.
2: But the fat suit itself is decently convincing, I think. Yes. 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 So the next scene, we're still in the apartment. Felix is in a doctor's lab coat. So now they're not only <laughs> using, it's like everything about this revolves around Felix, this whole company. All right. Yeah. We see a film crew for the commercial in Felix's apartment, or their apartment, Felix and Oscars. There's a lighting guy, a woman sitting in a chair that says script. She's she's a script girl, a camera operator, and a cue card guy. Why they didn't do this in a studio, <laughs> I don't know. Even the multi-blade people who yeah. also cheaped out uses Felix's photography studio, yeah. which made a little sense. I get when a low-budget porn wants to film inside <laughs> Felix's in and Oscars apartment, but not this, I don't, this is a little silly.
3: You're right. This, again, the fat away company seems to really be cutting corners. court.
2: Yeah. Um, Felix says, you ready? Oscar, are you standing by? And we hear Oscar say yes from the back hall. Felix says, all right now, crew, give me your attention. We're working with a very inexperienced actor. I don't know if he's got more than one real take in him. So we're going to rehearse this on film. Everybody, all right, position. Cue guard's a little higher. Roll them, and then we will go to the next clip. Roll'em. Action.
1: Hello. I'm a dramatization of a doctor. I've been called to the home of Mr. O.M. of the Bronx. A meticulously well-kept place, as you can see. I'm here on behalf of the Fataway Diet Bill Company the company that offers relief to this man and others like him. In three months, through the miracle of Fataway, this person will become an individual instead of a group. I wonder, do any of you have these problems? Do you have trouble touching your toes? Are you unable to raise your hand? This could cost you your life in a hold up. Is sitting down a problem? Is getting up also a problem? Are you embarrassed to tap dance? The last time you tried a cartwheel <laughs> if you have these difficulties try fat away watch for mr. o.m. in three months when he will touch his toes sit dance and cartwheel his way into your heart and cut Thank goodness that's over one more time fellas he blew it what he didn't do the cartwheel he was gonna kill
3: you take five crew
2: so, I don't know if you,
3: that music at the end is the end of the flashback.
2: Did you notice what the clapboard said? No. So, the clapboard says there's four labels on it director, host, producer, and camera. Director, host, producer all say Unger. Camera says H. Hmm. Miller. Ah, obviously, an, a nod to Harvey Hall. Miller. Of course, it's a nod to Harvey Miller. <laughs>
3: Who, by the way, Harvey Miller directed this episode. Ah, well, then that makes so that, sense. There you go.
2: Perfect. When Felix sits down on the couch during the ad, he actually first sits on the arm. I can't tell. He's trying to either sit on the arm or the couch. And then he gets, he like slides off of it by accident onto the main couch. <laughs> Just
3: because he's trying to sit on the couch without looking at the couch. Right. And he kind of miss- misses. <laughs> well,
2: was he trying to sit on the arm and fell? Or is he trying to sit on the couch and hit the arm by accident? I, that I couldn't I tell. I think
3: he hit the arm by accident.
2: Oscar comes out. He clearly has not, is not aware of the script at all because he doesn't know <laughs> what he's supposed to do, which is happened the right, second time. Yeah. We Didn't we bring this up another time where Oscar, oh, for the radio show, he didn't know what right. was going to happen. He didn't read the script there either. Um, he, so when he's asked to do all these things, when he is asked to touch his toes, he can only go down halfway. When he's asked to raise his hands, he can only go up halfway. When he tries to sit down, Felix has to push him down under the couch. And when he has to get up, Felix has to help him up and actually, Oscar has to go to his knees first in order to get up. He does tap dance, though, which is why he, yeah. we get the applause break in the middle.
3: And isn't he supposed to not be able to tap dance? Yeah,
2: so that, that's an interesting uh, moment there. And then Felix asks him a cartwheel, Oscar looks and shakes his head, just like he did in the radio episode when he was right. supposed to say the big P. The big P. Uh, so after, you know, so yeah.
3: here with the cartwheel, again, like with the tap dancing... I don't understand why Felix wants him to do the cartwheel when the whole point is he's not supposed to be able to do a cartwheel.
2: Right. Well, maybe he figured the cartwheel wouldn't work. Right. After the flashback, which is what you said the music at the end of the scene shows we're going back to the oh, current. Wait, wait, wait,
3: wait. wait, wait one yeah. more thing about. This. Yeah. Okay. Before I forget. Yeah. We're not going to get any more clues about this. I found myself wondering just listening to this. What's happened, what's, a, according to the plan, which apparently went forward because the, they're up for this award for the ad. So apparently they did the follow-up between that this scene and the present. They did the follow-up ad,
2: right? Presumably, yes.
3: Now, is Oscar still wear the mustache and the glasses? <laughs> because if he doesn't, he's clearly Oscar Madison. Well, and
2: he could... Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like this ad is ever supposed to fully hide it's Oscar Madison, especially when they no. use his real initials, which are not that common.
3: Well, that's, that's still a big difference if they are not using that name.
2: No, but I think the city could figure out, O.M. OK, because he is the most famous sports writer. I, yeah. If Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, <laughs> was in a fat ad and said EA, I think we'd figure out it was him. Or Chuck Scarborough was in a fat ad in the eighties. All, all, right, all, right, all right,
3: all right, fine. But
2: or uh, Kaidi uh, okay. Tong or Ernie Anastas. <laughs> well,
3: okay, enough. We, we, I, your knowledge of <laughs> obscure local news, obscure New personality. You're calling Chuck
2: is- Scarborough obscure? <laughs> He was our I'll, newsman growing
3: up. I'll raise, I'll see your Chuck and I'll raise you a Susan. And- see, there you go. <laughs> I don't know why, why are those the analogies? you're looking. Because for? it's New York, um, famous
2: New York City people in the media.
3: Okay, all right, okay. Well, okay, fine. But um, my bigger point is, would they have presumably done another television commercial Yes. Oscar has to co- go on camera and say, wow, I lost yes. all this weight on Fadaway?
2: That's what I assumed can- happened here. I yeah.
3: can't imagine Oscar doing it.
2: Uh, For money, he will. The fact that the, – the bigger point is it should transform him again into a famous – you know, he becomes right. this very famous person. And, in and
3: telling a lot. He would have to go as himself, not yeah. hiding me on another identity, basically law, telling this huge lot.
2: I think me. at this point, the, he's more interested in the money and he gets wrapped up with it. And yes, there probably would be some sort of like penalties or charges against them.
3: <laughs> well, that's like, okay. let's talk about that in a little bit.
2: Yeah, the, the whole premise kind of falls apart for these reasons, <laughs> which is, you know, part of why it's a little silly. Okay, so after the flashback, Murray says, "Gosh, Fields, that's a great story. I'm really quite touched. I'm not sure what he's touched about, by the way. Did you understand why <laughs> Murray was touched?"
3: Murray just says really weird things like
2: this. Sometimes. So we, the MC, again says, "Ladies and gentlemen, and now in the category of the best product commercial of the year, the nominees are Eggemeyer's Easy Flow Ketchup." Now, what's most surprising about this episode? is that they actually have, they have two other nominees in the category, and they show fake commercials for them.
3: <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I have a feeling that might have been cut in syndication.
2: They're uh, very weird. So in the yeah. ketchup commercial, we first see a woman who I feel like we've seen before somewhere along the way. She's holding a open bottle of ketchup over her head, and she can't <laughs> get the ketchup to pour <laughs> in her head, and she's disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> she puts down that bottle. She opens up another bottle, which I guess is Eggemeier's, although we don't really yeah. see any product placement, uh-huh. any any branding. And she uh-huh. takes that bottle and she yeah. pours it over her head right. and ketchup comes out and she's thrilled. Right. Yeah, why why does she want ketchup
3: in her hair? This is a
2: little mystery. And then the next one is super stick glue. And in this one, there's a little man standing on a down end of the seesaw, like a little person. We see a larger man on a stool who jumps on the up end of the seesaw, which I guess in circus days would flip the little man up, but it breaks. And then we see them take some sort of like barnacle glue mixture and, <laughs> and, and paint it over the the, the the still, the bent board that isn't even put together which I guess is supposed to be the glue fixing this board. Yeah, it's right, a stupid right. commercial. It's it's actually more stupid than the ketchup commercial. The ketchup commercial actually could be in a real-world situation kind yeah. of goofy yeah, fun. I thought that was funny, right. But this makes no sense. I think right. the little person in that ad is Frank Delfino, who was Mr. Albertson. Albertson. And the I think father. you're
3: right, yes. Um, by the way, uh, it's a good thing that the board – breaks the seesaw kind of thing whatever it is it's a good thing it breaks because they're in an indoor gym Yeah, <laughs> yes i recognize and little albert will would hit the ceiling if uh it's well a, wait it's a,
2: he played mr albertson <laughs> <What> <laughs> not, not little albert
3: <laughs> uh, but so i recognize it because it's the same gym that they used the yes decathlon and, right and edward valella's dance studio
2: yeah and uh so I, it's a good thing so that that Superglue ad, I don't know how. There's so many things you could show in a Superglue ad. I don't know. That was just so ridiculous.
3: I guess you know. I, I, it does occur to me that Harvey Miller went on to direct some movies, and I wonder whether this was kind of a stretch. He wanted to stretch his muscles by doing this kind of more cinematic approach.
2: I give them points for for creating these ads. <laughs> they didn't have to do that. No. And they're they're I guess they're kind of interesting little bits. They're just so bizarre.
3: I guess it kind of adds, as you said, like this. The whole episode is kind of a satire yes. of advertising, right? So it really it does add to that. It
2: feels like something a little bit out of um, Kentucky Fried Movie, a little bit. Oh yes, oh, yeah. Oh, but I agree with you. The probably the reason they're so stupid is to mock the ad industry. It's probably part of the point. Okay, so the 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 MC says, and now and he also, show, and then they show
3: Oscar then doing, they show
2: Oscar doing the tap dance for the fataway away. Uh, the third nominee, Fat Away Pills. And now, and so the MC says, and now the winner of the best new product commercial of the year. And the fanfare plays, and the winner is Fat Away Diet Pills. Now, Felix is standing backstage. There's nobody else there. So, <laughs> did he know he was going to win?
3: Yeah.
2: Where are the yeah. other, why isn't yeah. he in his seat? Right. Oh. Or where are the other people backstage in case they're going to win?
3: Uh, you know, nor- at a normal award show, everyone would be in their seats unless you're you're only a backstage if you're expected to go on. So. Right.
2: And there are some uh, award shows that announce- that do tell the winners ahead of time, like the block, but famously the blockbuster uh, movie awards used uh, to tell the winners. So they show up. I don't that's think right. that's the case. This is like the Clio yeah, award. They're I don't think this making can- this competitive. Right. right. So there's no uh, reason for Felix to be backstage.
3: Except that he would have trouble telling Murray the whole story about how fraudulent the ad yes, it, is in front of all those people.
2: In the show, in the in real in the show in the in, lo, in the world of real life yes. there would be no yes. in the in the production design of the show yes. it would make some sense.
3: I guess you could say he's so ashamed that he doesn't want to even be mixing with
2: people. So that would be my best step. Well, then why even show that's up explanation. outside of Yes, I know. It uh, okay, I guess that's an explanation. Murray says, "Felix, I'm proud of you." Felix says, "Better take a seat," to Murray. Why? I, I don't know why. It's weird. <laughs> the MC says, accepting the award, Mr. Lyle Hooper, president of Fadaway and the director of the commercial, Mr. Felix Unger. By the way, Hooper is not next to Felix, which is also weird. He seems to come up from <laughs> right. the stage, right. Right. from the audience. Right, from the audience. Felix says, thank you when he accepts the award from the MC. And before he could even say anything to the microphone, Hooper jumps in and we get this clip.
0: We at Fataway feel honored. This is just round one in our fight against fat. Thank
1: you. Ditto. No, no ditto. I don't deserve this. I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. O.M. is not really a fat man. He's got a bit of a pot, but not 300 pounds worth. I, I used trickery and guile and deception to get him to do that commercial. It's a very good product. It's helped thousands of people, but that doesn't justify what I did. I don't deserve your applause, and I, I don't deserve your dink.
5: Oscar, you came. I've been there all the time. I didn't want you to see
1: me. I knew you couldn't accept that award. Oh, Oscar, you're you're a real friend. I I don't know how you put up with me all the things I make you go through. Oh, I'm, I'm so here. sorry. I promise you, I'll, ne- I'll never embarrass you again. Will you forget it? All right, <laughs> you're a buddy. Listen, one thing. What? Sunday is my little boy Leonard's birthday. He's having some kids over. Would you get into the fat suit and come to the party? <laughs> the kids would love it. Really they would, would you? Please I mean, they'd get such a laugh out of this.
2: First of all, Ted, letter- before you yeah. say anything, yes.
3: isn't this a kind of weird conversation for two men to have who, because of what Felix just said, might be going to prison soon?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little it is a little jovial. <laughs> For the fact that he just admitted fraud in front of
3: yes he just right (laughs) which is my biggest uh concern about this episode is that uh i mean clearly there would be some consequence to
2: unless he's treated as a whistleblower and somehow that gets him Uh to be skating but mr hooper should be going to jail (laughs) yeah I'm more interested in the fact or oh, not more interested. I'm also interested in the fact that Leonard is really not a little boy anymore. Like oh, right. yeah. and he's Leaf Garrett, yeah. Right. And a fat suit at a party feels like a little immature for her.
3: Hey, I never put this two and two together, but Leaf Garrett, Eddie Garrett.
2: I don't believe that there's a relation there, if that's what you're getting at.
3: Yeah. And not related to me either. No.
2: Oh, right. Yeah. Does that work? Where first names could make you <laughs> related to someone? I didn't know that it was possible. Okay. Um, that's the end of the episode. So I think we've pointed out along the way that this episode is is silly. It's just kind of, I mean, you know, the whole obviously the whole show is many kind. It's a TV show, yes. It's TV shows don't have to be super realistic, but that's what we talk about on the podcast. It's a little silly or very silly. It's not that memorable. Like it's one of those episodes where I kind of forget it exists until I see it. There are fun moments in it. I certainly don't dislike it. It's enjoyable. It's an easy watch. John Biner is a nice addition. It's good to see him again in it. The fat suit is well executed. Well executed. It's just a tremendous amount of fat jokes. I also feel is beneath yeah, this show. Yeah, yeah. So I give it three out of five Murray's because I still enjoy it, but uh, anything above a three I have to find particularly have moments that I really or scenes that I particularly love and I don't have any love here. I just enjoy it as a goofy kind of okay fine episode fine meaning like average decent episode Mm
3: -hmm. yeah i pretty much agree i definitely agree about the fat jokes i mean especially since so many of them are like you know they're not even trying very hard just like really you know just by pointing out someone's fat that's funny like you know, not even getting creative so um but the fat suit uh is a funny visual largely because what i said about the cost is not just the suit it's the costume and then he looks so different, Jared Klugman. Um, so it's funny to see him that way. Um, I, I'd i give it more than three Murrays just because John Biner's in it. And he's uh, one of my favorite of the guest stars. So I'd give it three and a half Murrays. I also like the commercial itself when they, when they film the commercial. And I like the bit with the stewardess.
2: Okay. Well, if you have any... Comments, questions, insights, information. Uh, If you have an opinion about what hotel is shown at the beginning, uh, let us know and maybe we'll bring it up at the beginning of the next episode. Uh, And you can email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. Garrett, don't touch my bell. This podcast deserves a dink.